I once told my late father in 1985 that daddy, mummy is wasting your money because you know she's buying gold. But then I realized after I finished my first MB in 99, there was a lunch time. It was Sunday. My mother said, "Why don't you start reading about gold and oil?" And I said, "I finished my first MB and I'm not interested. And it's so boring, you know." Hello, fellow risk takers, and welcome to my worst investment ever. Stories of loss to keep you winning. In our community, we know that to win in investing, you must take risk. But to win big, you've got to reduce it. This episode is sponsored by Ace Dots Academy's online course: How to Start Building Your Wealth Investing in the Stock Market. I wrote this course for those who want to go from feeling frustrated, intimidated, or overwhelmed by the stock market. To becoming confident and in control of their financial future, go to myworstinvestmentever.com/deals to claim your discount now, fellow risk takers. This is your worst podcast host, Andrew Stotts, and I'm here with featured guest Shan Saeed. Shan, are you ready to rock? Thank you, Andrew. I'm absolutely ready. <laughs> I'm going to introduce you to the audience. So, Shan is chief economist at. Jui IQI, a leading property technology and investment company, operating and advising clients in Kuala Lumpur, Singapore, Hong Kong, London, Melbourne, Makati, Toronto, and Dubai. He has 20 years of financial market experience in private banking, risk and compliance management, commodity investments, global economy, as well as brand and business strategy. Based in Kuala Lumpur, he is a financial market commentator. Who has been cited in various news outlets around the world? Chan graduated from the Booth School of Business at the University of Chicago and got his first MBA from IBA Pakistan in collaboration with the Wharton School, University of Pennsylvania. He's also trained in alternative banking strategies from Harvard Business School. Chan, take a minute and fill any further tidbits about your life. Thank you, Andrew. Pleasure to be here. I think uh, life has given me a lot of opportunities, and I think all credit goes to my parents how they have brought me up. I studied in a Catholic school in Karachi, Pakistan. That was a huge exposure in my life. I then studied in a government school. Then I got my basic education in Pakistan. Worked in Pakistan, and then I went abroad. Got my second MBA. Worked in US. I have worked in seven countries. This is my eighth country working in Malaysia. So what I have learned in my life is to be very aggressive. And in order to be successful in your life, you need three things. Number one, you have to work very, very hard. It goes without saying. Number two, you need to have an abiding faith in Almighty God, Allah. And third, which I uh, strongly believe in, you need to have your mother's blessing. Whatever I am today is all because of my beautiful mother. And because of my late father, and I have mentioned in my book that I have written is available on the internet. Real estate, the new global currency. If you Google search my name, I have written with my partners at Joy IQI. So I think you need to have your mother's blessing. Mm. And I have been cited, as you said, in various magazine, newspaper, and you know, media and press. They make you larger than life. From nobody to Shan Saeed in Malaysia, all credit goes to my press and media friends. Of course, the biggest stakeholder of this country, the Malaysian people, how much respect and recognition they have given to my credentials and to my expertise—it's really remarkable. And one thing I have noticed 
that market accepts you very, very quickly if you have three, four variables that are key. If you share data backed by facts and figures based on critical analysis and critical reasoning, analytical approach, and most importantly, it needs to have substance. Nobody would follow you if you share James Bond stories or Cinderella stories or tabloid stories. People would say, or the audience would say, Sean is a waste of time because he's sharing tabloid stories. So market is looking for substance and market is looking for those critical reasoning based on data so that it can make some economic and financial sense. So that's yeah. why I have been getting a lot of followers. I have like 28,000 followers on LinkedIn. So I think God is kind and I have got my mother's blessing. <laughs> Well, Sean, there's a lot to unpack from that. The first thing is my second episode of the podcast was interviewing my, my Pakistani friend, Ashraf Bhava. And Pakistan is one country I have not yet been to in Asia. And I look forward to getting there. But talking about your mother's blessing, when my father passed away four years ago, I brought my mother to live with me here in Thailand. And I'm a lucky guy because every morning, mom and I get to spend a little bit of time over a cup of coffee and having a morning chat. Excellent. And I cherish that time. And I yeah. believe I have my mother's blessing in the things that I'm doing. So I appreciate that. So now it's time to share your worst investment ever. And since no one ever goes into their worst investment thinking it will be, tell us a bit about the circumstances leading up to it and then tell us your story. Andrew, I would say that I started pretty late in investing. I should have done it in 2001. Again, it goes, credit goes to my mother because I have seven aunts and 35 female cousins. And when I was growing up, I thought these women are crazy because they would only talk about gold, silver, and real estate. And I once told my late father in 1985 that daddy, mommy is wasting your money because you know she's buying gold. But then I realized after I finished my first MB in 99, there was a lunchtime. It was Sunday. My mother said, why don't you start reading about gold and oil? And I said, I finished my first MB and I'm not interested. And it's so boring, you know. But then I started reading about you know, gold and oil in Economist magazine and Times and Forbes and others. I fell in love with that you know, topic. So I started investing in gold in 2007. I should have done it in 2001 because at that time, gold prices were trading at $257 per ounce. And that was a second bull run. If you recall, the first bull run of gold started in 1971 when gold prices were trading at $35 per barrel. And then by 1980, it touched $850 per barrel. So there was an appreciation of 2,300% in gold in, in that nine years. That was massive. And the second bull run started in 2001 when gold was 257. In 2011, gold prices were trading on 6 September. It was 1,923. So there was an appreciation of 650% in gold. And I jumped into gold in 2007, 2008. That was pretty late. So I would, you know, blame myself that I was behind the curve. I should have been aggressive. I should have understood the markets, started reading about it in, from 99 onwards. It took me too long 
to get into that gold market. And sophisticated and smart investors who understand history and economics, they have already taken position in two asset classes. One is gold and the other is real estate. And real estate has become the new global currency. And if you see right now in the current circumstances, gold has done remarkably well, although it has taken a pullback, but I foresee a gold taking consolidation as we move forward. So mm -hmm. I think my worst investment would be that I was pretty lazy, I was very lethargic, and I was behind the curve for at least six to seven years. And let me ask you, at that time, when you say you should have started investing, were you investing in other things and you just ignored gold or you just really weren't into investing yet? I think I was involved in focused on two things. One was my career because I finished my first MBA in 98 and then I wanted to get my second MBA. So I was saving money because going to a top school is not easy. My fees that I paid at University of Chicago for my two years MBA with all the traveling, with all the boarding expenses was 130,000 US for my two years MBA. So I was saving for that, that I wanted to invest in myself so that, you know, it pays me back in the long run. So I was always interested in personal development, investing in myself so that I stay relevant. In these challenging times, one thing that I normally share with people that you have to stay relevant. And the only way to stay relevant is that you need to upgrade your skill set all the time. You cannot remain complacent. Oh, I got my MBA in 2009 from University of Chicago, which is one of the top school I am done with. No, no, no. The moment you say that I'm done with, that is the day your downfall actually starts. So, you know, I keep myself relevant. And I would say that I was investing in myself and I was saving at that time. Got it. Yeah, I love the idea of keeping ourselves relevant. When I, I graduated my undergrad in finance from Cal State Long Beach in 1989, I quickly did my MBA and graduated in 1991. And then in Thailand, I got my CFA charter in 2001, which was a huge amount of learning. And then at the age of 50, only months before my father passed away, I brought home a PhD in finance. Excellent. And so I love to tell people like you are saying is you're never too old to learn. <laughs> and in fact, as you know, Sean, is that the markets teach us so much because we think Absolutely. we know. And then all of a sudden the markets teach us a lot more. Absolutely. Right, let's, let's summarize what lessons did you learn from this experience? Because what's also interesting about your story is that everybody when you're young has a few competing things. Number one, you're focused on developing your career. Number two, you're focusing on developing your education, and that oftentimes requires money outflow. So it's not easy to think about investing when you're young, but yet it was your worst mistake. So maybe you could just summarize some of the lessons that you learned, keeping in mind a young person that's trying to advance themselves at this moment. I think I would say the moment you start working, you should allocate 10 to 20% of your saving in investing. Try to, you know, cut down your expenses. Do not go for fancy gadgets or don't go to cinemas or don't go for expensive joggers or golf clubs. You can save that money, 10 to 20%. For example, let's say your salary is $10,000. And if you can set aside 20% of that, $2,000 per month, and you start looking at, you know, what appeals to you. You need to understand the market, as you rightly said, 
And markets, they teach you so many things. If I were to say, oh, I am a PhD in markets and I know everything, people will laugh at me. So I say, Sean, stop sharing these tabloid stories. So markets, they teach you so many things. Set aside 20% of your salary every month. Understand your risk profile. Understand the risk reward ratio you are looking at. And most importantly, you need to have an exit strategy. Every person, every investor has got an exit strategy. So what they do, they look at the risk reward ratio, risk profile, and they look at the exit strategy. 20% every month at the end of the year is 120% of your saving. 120% if you do it monthly basis, quarterly basis, yearly basis, you save that money, go to stocks, go to bonds, go to gold. But before that, understand the market first. Do your homework first. Get your own market intelligence report. Don't listen to Shan Said or anyone just because I come on press and TV. There is nothing written across my forehead that I'm an angel. And I tell people, I have studied with one Nobel laureate. I have listened to three. I still consider myself highly uneducated and highly illiterate person. Every day is a new day for me. And I learn and I pick up many things. Mm. If you start saving early and if you invest, because when you're young, 24, 25, you're very aggressive. You want to take position in gold, stocks, bonds, you know, instead of buying expensive cars that depreciate very quickly, you go into those tangible assets like gold and silver and platinum, or people have made money in stocks and bonds. A lot of exciting stocks are there. Mm. So you can make a lot of money. You can multiply your money with your savings. So that money in five years time may be double. And once you double your money, you can invest more and you can buy a house, you can buy your car and you can do many things. First five years of your career, you should be saving and you should be investing very aggressively. That's great. And that's in fact what I teach in my, in my book, as well as my course, how to start building your wealth, investing in the stock market is the most important thing, particularly at a young age is just starting. And for many people that don't know the markets or are not interested in the markets, it's actually a very, very difficult thing to do. It's overwhelming. So Absolutely. part of what I try to encourage young people is to get started. I think one of the lessons that I take away from what you've shared is the idea that you have to realize that uh, first, you got to save and save a lot. But the second thing I think what I'm getting from you is that you've got to put aside a certain amount and say, I'm not gonna touch that amount of money, even for education or anything else. I'm gonna have an education fund and I'm saving for that. But this little amount, whether that's five or 10 or 20% of your salary, is something that you're gonna to allocate to investing, whether that investing is in gold or property or, or it's invested in stocks or bonds, but that that part you don't touch and you just manage it slowly and steadily over time and imagine if young people, if every young person started that at the age of 25, a lot of people would accumulate a lot more money over time. So that's my biggest takeaway from it. But let me ask you, based on what you learn from this experience and what you continue to learn, what one action would you recommend our listeners take to avoid suffering the same fate? Be aggressive. Don't be lazy like Sean, you know. I, it, it took like six to seven years to jump into gold. Be aggressive. Gather as much as you can. Listen to everyone, but make your own decision. The problem is with young people, they, let's say if I'm 25 years old, I just graduated out of school and I've got a job. I will listen to my friends left, right and center and say, Sean, I'm investing in gold or stocks and bonds and I will also follow them. I will not use my brain. 
I tell young people, use your brain. God has given you a beautiful brain. Don't follow others. Read a lot. And the most effective way of keeping yourself up to date is read Economist magazine. It covers everything. There's a section in Economist magazine. It covers finance and economics. If you can read those seven to eight pages every week, I would say you are okay. But if you don't read and you follow others, there are so many scammers out there. People are out there on online cheating. You know, you have Macau scam, you have love scam. And when I read this, is a how can people be so naive, you know, that they have fallen into these scams? So I think I would advise your listeners to be very aggressive and you need to have your mother's blessing. That is very important in your success. Amen. All right. Last question. What's your number one goal for the next 12 months? I think number one is take long position in gold and silver. Be very aggressive in the market. Keep myself up to date. I have fallen in love with AI, 5G, and EV. And people will normally say, Sean, you're an MBA. You're working for a real estate brokerage house. Why do you need to fall in love with AI and 5G? And I, my standard answer is I want to stay relevant. If I don't talk about AI or 5G or EV, I will go back to Stone Age. So the choice I have is whether to stay relevant or go back to Stone Age. So stay relevant. That is very important. And keep yourself up to date. Go and network with people. Normally, people ask me, what did you learn at University of Chicago? I said nothing. I only learned three things, whining, dining, and networking. <laughs> in Malaysia, I did the same. So if you have a very strong networking, if you have people who are thinking in the same level as you are thinking, I think it makes life much more easier. There's an English proverb when I was in class seven or eight. I read it, a person is known by the company he keeps. So keep your company with smart people. When I was in class one, my mother said, you have to be with smart people. So I try my best to be with smart people, learn from them, learn as much as I can, you know, so that I become smarter and I become savvier like them. So I think staying relevant, investing in myself, going out in press and media, sharing aggressively about gold, silver, oil, US dollar, and of course, technology. If you adopt technology, you will stay relevant. If you don't, you will go back to Stone Age. Fantastic. Well, listeners, there you have it. Another story of loss to keep you winning. Remember to go to myworstinvestmentever.com slash deals to claim your discount on how to start building your wealth, investing in the stock market course. As we conclude, Sean, I want to thank you again for coming on the show. And on behalf of ASTOTS Academy, I hereby award you alumni status for turning your worst investment ever into your best teaching moment. Do you have any parting words for the audience? I'm so honored and I'm so grateful to uh, Dr. Andrew. I will have to address you in the proper way. You are a PhD. I am not. It's a real, I really enjoyed it. I was quite excited and thrilled. I would love to come to your show again whenever I have time. And I would say to all the viewers, Kabunka. Kabunka. All right. That's a wrap on another great story to help us create, grow, and protect our well fellow risk takers. This is your worst podcast host, Andrew Stott, saying, I'll see you on the upside.